2: It does come out in one piece. It comes out
1: in one piece. I would argue that we certainly are not all created equal.
3: And now, here's Mark. I'm going to make a prediction here. And that is, President Trump just won re-election. Now, you might wonder, well, uh, it's just your opinion. Well, you know what? I often get these right. I was right about the 2016 Cleveland Cavaliers winning the NBA championship. I got that one right. I got it right early when uh, Barack Obama declared his presidency. I said he was going to win the White House. And now I am predicting that President Trump will win re-election. And you might wonder why I think that. Well, I think the other night at the State of the Union was the moment in time that President Trump won re-election. Why do I say that? We're going to get into that a little bit in the program here on the Mark Harrington Show. But I think it's the same reason that he, he won the election in 2016 in October during the debate with Hillary Clinton when he said this, quote, you can take the He's talking about late term abortion. He says you can take the baby and rip the baby out of the womb of the mother in the ninth month of pregnancy on the final day. Remember when he said that? I think that was the moment that he won the, the election. Here's why. Because those of us who might have been on the fre- fence with uh, President Trump or at that point, candidate Trump, Put us over the top. Evangelicals jumped on board the Trump train, and he rode it to to, uh, election in 2016. And I think the same thing happened the other night during the State of the Union. You're listening to your radio activist, Mark Harrington, here on The Mark Harrington Show. You can find out more about uh, the program at markharrington.org. We come to you every Saturday on these Salem radio stations as well on my social media platform. so if I if I can here I want I want to uh, recap a little bit what's happened in the last couple days real quickly last week I came to you talk to you about the late term abortion law that was passed in New York with Governor coma we talked about the uh, the attempts of the uh, Virginia legislature to pass a law that uh, legalized abortion up until the time of birth and and then Governor Northam uh, came out on a radio program talking about how he would uh, th- thinks thinks it should be permissible permissible or illegal to basically allow a born alive baby, a baby that was born after a botched abortion, to die, uh, basically supporting infanticide. Of course, since then, uh, all this stuff has come out about his, uh, you know, his. His uh, yearbook photo, dressing up in blackface and the Ku Klux Klan and all that. And uh, it's gotten worse since then with now uh, the attorney general who might be involved in something. Uh, The lieutenant governor now has been accused of sexual assault in Virginia. The attorney general, I mean, now it's gone like three deep in Virginia. Uh, either they're involved in some kind of sexual assault scandal, at least allegedly, or they're involved in some kind of racist uh, photograph where they, you know, painted themselves in black years and years ago. And there have been calls for Governor Northam to resign, and he's re- refused to do so. And uh, the bottom line is this, folks: I mean, you look at you look at Virginia. I mean, it's in total disarray and chaos. Well, that's not by mistake, you know. I, I think the judgment of God is on them. I mean, when you have a governor, you know, the civil magistrate, the highest position in the state, saying it's okay to kill a baby once the baby's born, uh, can you imagine? He might be involved in some other kind of uh, misdeeds. I mean, it's very likely uh, that he is, and his administration. I mean, go figure, right? I mean, a good friend of mine once said that you can't practice vice. Virtuously can't pa- practice vice virtuously. In other words, if you're going to kill babies or you believe in infanticide, late-term abortion, you're probably going to be do- doing other things that are illegal, right, or immoral. So it's not a surprise to us that uh, this is happening in Virginia. Uh, but uh, anyway, that, that's what's been going on. And uh, le- leading up to the State of the Union this past Tuesday where President Trump uh, basically called out both these governors, uh, Governor Andrew Cuomo in New York and Governor Ralph Northam in Virginia. He called them out uh, and called them out for their their extreme positions on late-term abortion and infanticide. And so what I want to do, I'm going to comment on this clip. This is historic, in my opinion. I mean, uh, you know, I've been around for many years and, and listened to lots of states at state of the unions, lots of Republican presidents. I have to say, uh, president Trump's statement on abortion was as strong as it gets. Uh, yeah. Could have gone further, of course. And we'll talk about that. But, uh, this guy stepped up to the plate and the, the language that he used, the strong language it deserved, he used that night. So what we want to do, we're going to play this clip. This is from the state of the union where President Trump talks about late-term abortion and infanticide. Go ahead and play the clip.
1: There could be no greater contrast to the beautiful image of a mother holding her infant child than the chilling displays our nation saw in recent days. Lawmakers in New York cheered with delight upon the passage of legislation that would allow a baby to be ripped from the mother's womb moments from birth. These are living, feeling, beautiful babies who will never get the chance to share their love and their dreams with the world. And then we had the case of the governor of Virginia where he stated he would execute a baby after birth to defend the dignity of every person I am asking Congress to pass legislation to prohibit the late-term abortion of children who can feel pain in the mother's womb.
3: You can stop it there. So I think just like in 2016 during the debate with Hillary Clinton where he said some of the same words about late-term abortion, that you can rip the baby out of the mother's womb up until the time of birth on the final day, I think that's what uh, helped him if uh, and catapulted him to the White House. I think those same words did, did the same thing this time. And I'm predicting that President Trump will be reelected in 2020. So what I'm going to do here, I'm putting on my Trump 2020 hat, you know, which I've had for a while. I'm not just a bandwagon guy. I've actually had this for a while. And I'm going to wear this now because I think President Trump will be uh, reelected and uh, will occupy the White House for another four years. So because of, because of these comments, so of course, they're going to take more than that. There's a long campaign and all. But if you look at what happened at the State of the Union, let's just kind of unpack that real quickly here. President Trump used, I think, the type of language which is necessary to discuss these topics late-term abortion, killing babies at up until the very time of birth. He called it ripping them out of the mother's womb. If, you, if you've if you ever seen an abortion, which uh, we are going to show our uh, online listeners, uh, our online viewers, uh, that if you've ever seen one, that's what it is. I mean, they're ripping the baby apart, dismembering them piece by piece. So he was correct. And he also talked about the execution of a baby through infanticide. That's basically what it is. All right. Letting the baby die on a table next to you when you could do something to to resuscitate them, to save their life. But you don't. You stand back coldly, you know, sitting back, watching the baby die. His language was appropriate as it was in in October of 2016 when he uh, debated Hillary Clinton. Number two, uh, he talked about the 20-week ban uh, that he's going to call the uh, US Congress to pass a 20-week ban, a pain capable ban on abortion, uh, banning abortion when a baby is capable of feeling pain. You know I, I'm glad for that, and I think that's uh, you know an important thing to be done. but uh, you know the reality is, unfortunately, that the US House of Representatives is now uh, controlled by the Democrats. Uh, it's highly unlikely in the next two years it's going to happen, uh, but I'm glad he called for it. You know, the, 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 Republicans, uh, the Republicans held control of both chambers of Congress in the first two years of President Trump's presidency, and even then they couldn't get it done. I mean, they, Mitch McConnell couldn't get his people in line to make it happen. What, what do we think? Uh, what are the odds of it happening now? Pretty much zero to none. I mean, the, the Republicans are going to have to grab control back of the United States House of Representatives. And, and the bottom line is this. You know, Trump is not really leading the GOP. He's not really leading the Republican Party, if you look at it, because they, they're pulling ranks on him uh, on different issues right now, especially the building of the wall and the uh, calling for an emergency, uh, you know, to to build the wall, the southern border. Uh, there, there, a lot of Republicans, including Mitch McConnell, don't want him to do it. So, you know, as far as I can tell, it's he's really not, you know, a, a traditional Republican or, or anything like that. President Trump is leading a revolution, basically. Uh, he's draining the swamp. He's appealing to the public at large. He's a populist. And this is a populist. Revolution he's leading. Uh, he, you know, he, he can give or take the, the GOP. He wants them to be on board, but he'll go it alone if he has to. He'll go straight to the people. That's how he won in 2016. That's how he's going to win in 2020. Uh, he's not going to wait around for the Republicans uh, to get on board. So, uh, you know, this 20 week ban is a good idea, but he could have gone a lot further, of course. And I, I would have liked to see him call for a total ban on abortion. Uh, I would have loved to see that. I think that that's what's necessary uh, to be done. But, you know, he is a practical individual, knows that the 20-week ban is probably the, the next most feasible thing to get done in the U.S. Congress. Uh, beyond that, I mean, as far as the antics, and I'm not going to go into detail here, but all of us were annoyed by Nancy Pelosi. Uh, and for goodness sakes, what's the deal with the with the papers, so shuffling the papers around? What if, What was she reading there? You know i I suggested that it was my opinion. maybe she was reading articles of impeachment for President Trump during the, uh, during the during uh, the uh, the State of the Union or something like that, or maybe a menu. I mean, who knows? I've just never seen anything like it. How rude was she back there, you know, smirking, kind of uh, you know sucking on her teeth and stuff. It was just so bizarre. Uh, and think about it, these are the people who she's th- third in line to the presidency. You know, if we lost President Trump and Vice President Pence, she'd be the president. She'd be running the country. Can you imagine that? <laughs> Boy, I hope that never happens. I hope we don't lose those two men because uh, she'd be in charge. Uh, thirdly, uh, Chuck Schumer. I mean, the, the grimace, the evil look that that guy had during the part where President Trump talked about late-term abortion. Uh, this guy this guy's from the pit of hell. I, I'm sorry. I, I have no respect for him at all. He's the worst in Congress. Maybe there might be worse people, but he's he's ahead of the uh, the Republicans in the in the Senate. Uh, this guy's just evil to the core. Uh, that smirk during the description of late term abortion and infanticide was beyond beyond unbelief. Uh, and then finally, the, the the Supreme Court justices. You know, there are only four in the room. There are only four of them in the gallery altogether. I, I've never seen that few of them ever for a State of Union. And suspiciously missing, of course, was Ruth Bader Ginsburg. It's been almost two months since anyone's seen her. She's not been back on the bench at the U.S. Supreme Court. No one knows where she is. Uh, They say that she's appeared at a party here or there, but nobody really knows. Think about that. Now, if this were a uh, Republican-nominated and confirmed U.S. Supreme Court justice, and she had been, or he had been, ill, and had disappeared for two years. Do you think the media would be treating it a little differently? They'd be camping out in front of the the house of this individual, but not with Ruth Bader Ginsburg. You know, they just, you know, kind of like, oh, you know, she's going to be back. Who knows what's going on with her? Uh, I I predict that she is not long for the uh, Supreme Court of the United States, and. And I think eventually, probably this summer, at least by then, I would imagine, we're going to see uh, her retire. And then we're going to have the mother of all battles when Trump nominates his third justice to the U.S. Supreme Court. And, folks, that's what this is all about. This is absolutely what's all this is all about, uh, this battle over abortion, late-term abortion and It's all about that. Uh, we have picked a fight now. Uh, President Trump putting two justices on the Supreme Court, talking about abortion the way that he does. Uh, no wonder uh, the uh, Democrat women were dressed up like abortionists in white lab coats the other night. At least that's what they looked like to me. They were wearing lab coats like an abortionist does when they go to kill babies. Uh, no wonder they're they're alarmed and they're fighting back because uh, this imp- this this represents... A clear and present danger to legal abortion in America, especially when Ruth Bader Ginsburg retires probably this summer. Uh, And and a little bit on that, I want to just kind of step off the abortion issue for a minute and talk about the wall and immigration. See, a lot of people don't put those two together, and they should. Pro-life issue, immigration issue, they're together. Here's why. Why are the Democrats fighting so bad to keep a wall from being built on the southern border? First of all, they know it'll work, so they wouldn't be able to have open borders. But they know it'll work, and those illegal immigrants who come across the border represent their future constituency, their future voters, because they're losing elections the normal way, right? They can't win the normal way, so they got to cheat, and so they they want open borders, so. All of these people will flood into the country and vote Democrat. And if they vote Democrat, that means they'll win the White House. And if they win the White House, that means they control the U.S. Supreme Court. And if they control the U.S. Supreme Court, guess what? Roe v. Wade stays in place forever. If President Trump doesn't get a wall on the southern border, it will never happen, people. Mark my words, it will never happen. And we will likely never win the White House again. This is... This is huge, folks. This is a pro-life issue because these are future Democrat voters who will vote for Democrats, for president, and everything else. And they will load up the Supreme Court with abortion advocates. And we will never, ever overturn Roe versus Wade. So it, they, are, they are married. The pro-life issue and the immigration issue are married. Now, what I'd like to do in the time that we have left here is play a clip. This is describing late-term abortion. Uh, there's a doctor, Dr. Anthony Levitino, who's a, an OBGYN. He performed 1,200 abortions in his past. Of course, now he's pro-life and he comes out and he speaks against abortion. And he uh, basically describes abortion uh, with this animated video. And We're going to play the audio here for our listeners and the video will be available to my social media viewers. So this is uh, late-term abortion. He calls it uh, induction, in other words, the babies killed prior to birth and then delivered dead. So go ahead and play that clip.
2: to complete. On day one, the abortionist uses a large needle to inject a drug called digoxin. Digoxin is generally used to treat heart problems, but a high enough dosage of digoxin will cause fatal cardiac arrest. The abortionist inserts the needle with the digoxin through the woman's abdomen or through her vagina and into the baby, targeting either the head, torso, or heart. The baby will feel it. Babies at this stage feel pain. When the needle pierces the baby's body and the digoxin takes effect, the life of the baby will end. The abortionist then inserts multiple sticks of seaweed called laminaria into the woman's cervix they will slowly open up the cervix for delivery of a stillborn baby. While the woman waits for the laminaria to dilate her cervix, she carries her dead baby inside of her for two to three days. On day two, the abortionist replaces the laminaria and may perform a second ultrasound to ensure the baby is dead. If the child is still alive, he administers another lethal dose of digoxin. The woman then goes back to where she is staying while her cervix continues to dilate if she goes into labor and is unable to make it to the clinic in time she will give birth at home or in a hotel in this case she may be advised to deliver her baby into a bathroom toilet the abortionist then comes to remove the baby and clean up if she can make it to the clinic she will do so during her severest contractions and deliver her dead son or daughter if the baby does not come out whole then the procedure becomes a d a dilation and evacuation. And the abortionist uses clamps and forceps to dismember the baby piece by piece. Once the placenta and all the body parts have been removed, the abortion is complete. Late-term abortions have a high
3: of All risk right, we can stop hemorrhage. it there, Mr. Producer. Here's the bottom line. God is pulling back the veneer on child killing. It's not a coincidence that the governor of New York has come out with his extreme late-term abortion position. It's not a coincidence that Governor Northam talked about infanticide and just normal clinical terms about killing a baby who's born, letting him die on a table next to the mother. Uh, none of this is a coincidence. Uh, we have tolerated... 46 years of child killing in America. And God is letting America see finally what we have been supporting. And the evil, the curtain of evils being torn back for all of us to see. We are without excuse, folks. And Donald Trump, who I once again predict will be reelected, is really providing us a respite, a window of opportunity For people like me and you who are listening to the program or watching on my social media platforms to rise up because he's opening the door. He's busted through the gauntlet and we can go straight through behind him. In some ways, unfortunately, he's become the proxy of pastors in many respects. And I would say this, if Donald Trump is speaking out more boldly on abortion than your pastor, on the pulpit at the pulpit in your church uh, then I think something's wrong with your church because a lot of these pastors unfortunately they'll they'll condemn Donald Trump they they didn't vote for him they might have been never Trumpers but they won't condemn abortion Uh, Donald Trump has been very vocal and we we need to be praying for our president that he continues to stand strong on these important issues most importantly the killing of unborn babies. We have a window here where God's mercy can come on America. If we respond correctly and it is time to rise up, it is time to do the right thing and uh, defend the preborn. I mean, we are running out of time, folks, but we have this window of time. Hopefully he'll get reelected. We've got another six years, but maybe he won't. I predict he will, but maybe he won't. I wanted to read this quote. This is from uh, Francis Schaeffer. Francis Schaeffer, of course, was a great theologian in the 20th century, and he, uh, he had a lot to do with um, helping the evangelical world uh, take, uh, take up the abortion issue. And this is what he wrote. He said, If in the last part of the 20th century the Christian community does not take a prolonged and vocal stand for the dignity of the individual, and each person's right to life, then we have failed the greatest moral test to be put before us this century. Now that was last century. Think about that. Future generations will look back and many will either scoff or believe in Christ on the basis of whether we Christians of today took a sacrificial stand in our various walks of life. Uh, We certainly cannot lay any claim to being salt and light of the earth in our generation if we do not stand. And this is so true. Think about it. We have the overt discussion of infanticide in America. Late-term abortion. Killing babies that can live outside the womb. And yet the pulpits are silent for the most part. The pulpits are silent. Our president's speaking up, but our pulpits are silent. And I'm asking you, pastors. Speak up. It's time for you to rise up and lead your congregation to defend the pre-born and to speak up for them. And folks, if you are just listening to the sound of my voice or watching us on social media, you can get involved by going to createdequal.org. That's the ministry I head up, createdequal.org. Find out more about us. Come out on the streets with us to campuses, uh, public squares, high schools and around the country. Help us with our projects, our justice rides, and other outreaches. Uh, We'd love to uh, have you be part of it. So thanks for tuning in. God bless you. God bless America. And remember America to bless God.
0: You've been listening to Mark Harrington,
3: your radio activist.
0: For more information on how to become a witness against the evil Evil. plague in America, call Created Equal at 614-269-7808, 614-269-7808, or go online to createdequal.net, createdequal.net. Be sure to tune to The Mark
3: Harrington Show next time for your marching orders in the culture war.